0: Welcome back to DM Nastics, the gym for dungeon masters to work out their minds. I am DM Jeremy Cobb. You can call me your friendly, or excuse me, I used to be called your friendly neighborhood DM, uh, but my players revolted and now I'm simply the very neighborhood DM. Uh, you'll never find a more neighborhood DM than me. Uh,
1: and I am one of your hosts for this episode, joined by... DM Neil, a.k.a. Joke Maniac, and as someone who has listened to you be a dungeon master, uh, it is hard to argue their point, that you should have <laughs> Friendly removed from your title.
0: <laughs> yes, uh, I honestly, fair play to them. I don't blame them one bit. <laughs> yeah, it's,
1: <laughs> it's impossible. Okay, so the first part of this exercise, since it is your first time here in the DMnastics gym, I am going to see what you do with this. Uh, and I have not prepped you at all, so all I, right. and I don't apologize. What do we think we should entitle this exercise? So oh. common themes for my my titles are alliteration is fun. Um, mm-hmm. Pop culture references are fantastic. Today, So while you think about that, I'll set us up because we are looking again, once again at an article, again, always to try and have a mindful eye look at it with as objective an opinion as we can and garner as much information as dungeon masters are want to do from every resource available. And today's article is entitled Dungeons and Dragons, 10 Comics Characters to Inspire Your Next Rogue. So this article is brought to us by Ariel Schmeidhauser and you can find it in the show notes as well as CBR.com. Okay. So now that we're looking at rogues and Getting inspiration to help further inspire our players, as well as talk through some of the ways that a play, like the ideas, the players brought us this concept. I want to be a rogue. I want it to be like this favorite comic book character. What are mm-hmm. some ways that we could help them adapt it into the game? So the title for this week's exercise might be. It might be because
0: I got a couple of them. Okay. I got the, the most simple and straightforward one is simply Roguespiration. But if we want to go a more alliterative path, we could say inquisitor or uh, what inquisitor inventiveness inspiring your next rogue. We could say pop culture crime fighters. Uh, several several characters because I think all of these characters. Fight crime. Every mm-hmm. single one of them fights yep. crime in one way or another, uh, although some of them are also criminals. The, uh, inspire Your Next Rogue. But this is essentially looking at a list of popular comic book characters and seeing and who could inspire a rogue and whose abilities and sort of personas are rogue like in a variety of different ways.
1: So, is there one that stood out most? So, there's 10 here. All mm-hmm. of them are good, some of them are questionable. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> most will require multiclassing if you're really going for it. Um, yeah. But was there one that stood out most to you that we can kind of break down with like the concept that I've brought it to you, my <laughs> my neighborhood DM, and I want to bring this to the table?
0: Uh, so one of the ones that immediately jumps out at me would probably be, I think Deadshot might be an interesting one. The DC character Deadshot normally, I think he's typically a villain. I don't know if he's ever, I guess he's a hero sort of kind of with the Suicide Squad sometimes. But I would say that he is clearly an assassin rogue. Uh, he's all about the guns. He's, you know, he's shooting, shooting, blasting. And I think he is quick enough. The major difference I would say between him and a rogue is that he is just, I think he has more, he shoots more often. Rogues are very much about like picking your spots, uh, in D&D at least, picking your spots and getting that sneak attack damage in consistently, but they don't get a lot of attacks typically. Whereas uh, Deadshot, I think can absolutely unload uh with those guns of his so i would probably go arcane archer Mm -hmm. potentially or i mean if you want like more attacks or you could go maybe like hunter ranger as well or even gloom stalker might be a cool one if you want to lean into the darkness aspect of it and just get a lot of attacks with assassin rogue deadly sharpshooting uh i would definitely take the sharpshooter feat as well
1: okay i'm gonna I'm going to, okay, oh, gosh, I didn't mean for this. Dang it. Sometimes something gets in my head and I'm saying it and I don't mean for it to be like a pun. But then now that I recognize it is before the words came out, yeah. I can't move away from it. So given that it's Suicide Squad and all the things that are implied, I'm going to blow your mind with this next <laughs> this next idea. Because they all have bombs in their head. <laughs> And I don't know if I've ever looked at it this way. What would stop us from adding a touch of Warlock? Because technically his patron would be Amanda Waller. And we reskin everything that would be a spell as stuff he has. Oh, I've actually I've, I've had Warlocks have their,
0: uh, for example, their Eldritch Blast. Yeah, be reskinned as a gun. Yeah. before. I, I think that would absolutely work. I think that's a really interesting way of doing it. What uh what warlock subclass though? Because warlocks pick them at level one. Mm-hmm. Let me see here, let me look at the list. What would, uh, I don't know if the archfey really works. No. I gotta think, not nah, Hexblade doesn't really fit either to me. The like, fiend if we're going in for explosives but <laughs> great old the great devil? old
1: one just because it's offensive to amanda waller <laughs> <laughs> he likes calling her that
0: yeah and maybe the intercom is like the telepathy he's oh, like using
1: yeah
0: yeah like he's using like uh he's got like a headset and he's communicating that way that could be kind of cool yeah i think i would i think i would lean i think i would lean towards fiend or great old one
1: yeah the way with great old one awakened mind could just be a heads-up display um because you already have yeah the, the mask and everything on it so yeah I yeah mean there's there's, there's definitely a lot. The other thing you could do is, like, from a backstory perspective, this is also a very interesting character if you're trying to layer in those specific aspects of, are they the only one that has that, uh, where they're kind of under that under that thumb of being attached to someone like that? And that's why you could go the Warlock method to, to kind of solve that equation and not have it be a, a responsibility that all the players have. Um, But I think it's a really interesting backstory if like one of your players in the specifically a rogue has some things that they're going to need to do on the side that are maybe a little more questionable uh, to the rest of the party. Yeah,
0: I think it's a really creative idea. I think all I would say is that you would need a DM who would let you sneak attack with an Eldritch Blast. Otherwise, I feel like it just doesn't. I mean, it's still cool as an idea, but I think you just got to be flexible on that one. As a GM and just let him sneak attack with that Eldritch Blast.
1: Okay. I have a this is you've total tangent, this is total tangent on sneak attack, but given this is a rogue-related situation, I feel like this mm-hmm. is gonna come up and you So when sneak attack damage happens, what kind of damage does it do?
0: Oh I thought it I've always thought of it as being the damage of the weapon's type. So if the weapon yeah. I mean typically it's gonna be doing piercing damage if it's a ranged weapon. Could be doing slashing damage. I'd have to look at what other weapons. I think there are probably some weapons that they can get that that do bludgeoning. Although I think very few people would use them.
1: So then the follow up is if we're allowing Eldritch Blast to do sneak attack, then would it be doing the same type of damage as the Eldritch Blast? Yeah. I would, that's what I would yeah. say. And so the, the, I'm okay. Yeah. We're of the same mind. Cause like, well, how else would it, why else? I mean, unless you're just like equating it down to force damage, which in some ways is even more aggressive because now with a barbarian, like, let's say you're attacking the monster has barbarian levels for, let's say, or has damage reduction against, well, then it doesn't count because that mm-hmm. sneak attack damage is force damage rather than yeah. piercing fire, whatever it may be.
0: So, yeah. It leans into that whole I never miss thing. Yeah. Because he, he you can't resist him. He's going to oh, hit you no yeah, matter yeah. what you do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it's a really cool idea. Um, I think Deadshot is probably one of the more interesting ones on here. I all, did, Were there any that jumped out at you as you were looking at the list?
1: So let's go to the one that we were both a little more confused on. Mm-hmm. We're going to go to Logan, a.k.a. Wolverine. Yeah. Uh,
0: because. Lucky Jim.
1: yeah old james um but the idea that like wolverine in a lot of ways fills the role in marvel that batman does for dc in that he fits into everything is it an eldritch horror is it Mm -hmm. just a high fantasy superhero is it down in the you know down in the grime of madripoor is it um you know space faring sure is it mm-hmm. is it is it is it and the answer is always yes for batman and for wolverine the answer is yes they they will mm-hmm. and they can um so like there are aspects where he has rogue like tendencies um a lot of the time where he was attempting and failing to be a samurai or when he again going back to the madripoor fought and, in the civil war yeah <laughs> fought in all the wars yeah um but the idea that like he definitely has roguelike tendencies but that's i don't feel like that's my big takeaway as a longtime lover of wolverine that's not kind of what goes in my brain
0: no it's the rage it's the rage and the claws.
1: Even the photo they have, he's letting out a
0: primal scream. Mm-hmm. Uh, like the, the image that. And that's that's what people think of him. Like when you watch the X-Men movies, I remember everybody getting excited about X-Men 2 in part because
1: he feels berserk. So he's just running around stabbing people with the claws. That's Wolverine. Oh yeah, that was like the huge sell of that of that movie is the scene where they go in and he like jams that guy into the fridge. So yeah. Like, oh, this is what's supposed to be happening.
0: Yeah. Um, so he's got to be barbarian. In, in yeah. like I I'm, I'll accept rogue. I'll accept it because he's I'm sure he's picked up a lot of skills over the several hundred years of life that he's had. Uh, I think he's capable of being sneaky and assassinating type stuff. Like can he we, he can do that.
1: Can we talk about? Sneak attack and reckless, ooh! Because exactly that's, that's those are the synergies we're talking about. Exactly, I mean you get to, you get dash. Oh, it works too well. Dash with your bonus action just to get in there in the first place, mm-hmm. and so like you're charging ahead once you fly into a rage using reckless attack, but then getting sneak even if you're there out by yourself, you still get sneak attack because you gained advantage on the on the attack mm-hmm. um, expertise.
0: Yeah. I'm wondering in looking at subclasses so for first of all, I think for barbarian m- some people might say Berserker, but I actually think beast makes more mm, sense because my man's right. got to have claws. I think race wise you actually could say shifter if you wanted and have him he be- have uh be what is it Longtooth? I know that they redid uh shifters somewhat recently and I think I don't know if they have all the same sub races that they used to have, but they still uh what is it called? What do they say? Yeah, no, you uh, now it's called Longtooth. Okay, yeah, Longtooth, or not Longtooth. Uh, I think there's one that lets you, actually, yeah, we can reskin Longtooth to be claws instead of teeth. Because I don't think there's one that gives you claws necessarily, but I feel like there's always an animalistic aspect yeah. to his character. I think the ability to shifting that bonus action is like popping the claws. Rage is like, you know, when he really starts to lose it. And again, with Beast, you could do Beast or Totem Warrior. If it's like he's, you know, it almost impervious to damage. If he's, if he goes bear, for example, or beast, he grows the claws and gets extra attacks. Uh, I think you could also argue fighter, samurai fighter, oh, in there yeah. as well. Uh, I think I think a mixture of those three. I think action surge makes perfect sense for him. I think uh, I mean, what's it called? Uh, second wind is perfect for him. Yeah, I think all of those would make a lot of sense. What
1: do you think? The other possible is and it's here in the article is dipping a little bit into druid for some of the wild shape stuff so then you know focusing more on that that animalistic nature. The other I think about is like Oftentimes when you, you comic book wise, you see him in nature and he has this affinity towards animals because he has those senses and and, and in some ways has then the ability to communicate with them better because he can like almost he can see and feel through like what they are feeling through. I think of the one the classic ones where like he's, you know, had a tough battle and he's like leaning down in the river and like a wolf comes up next to him and then drinks mm-hmm. beside him because it's like respect. We get, I get it. Um,
2: mm-hmm. We will,
1: we will start nothing here. Um, and that, that kind of aspect. So Druid's a, Druid's a possible version. And again, it's it, at that point you really have to think and ask your player like, well, okay, so how much are we going into? And I think one of the other really important things to talk to the, the, each player with is about the idea that like, okay, what is an aspect you're really looking to get out of this character? Because mm-hmm. short of going, starting at like 15 to 20 there are only some things that we can show at this table um, right because when you know once you and i start talking about multiclassing, it's like okay but how far into multi-classing do i need to get to even get the things to get right. the synergies and then on my way which am i getting first so yeah being really open and honest with your your players like okay what's like the number one thing and how fast can we get it for you and then we can go along the way as you develop the character Right. Because, for
0: example, druid would also fit because of the healing abilities. That's another, you want that healing factor in there. Druid probably is the best fit for a primary spellcaster. Now, I don't think, Wolverine, I think, is notoriously not gifted in terms of ranged combat. He's not yeah. good as a ranged fighter, so I do think that would be my that would be where I'm like, mm, with Druid. But I like it. I like the wild shape. I think that's interesting. I think Beast personally fits better. But like you said, it really depends on what the care what the player wants. Do they want healing factor and then animalistic side of things, or do they want incredibly skilled fighter, really high damage, uh, lots of attacks, very fast, very difficult to put down. And I think at that point, you'd want some... Like, basically, a DPS tank combo. Like, a close-range DPS tank mm. uh, who just keeps coming. And I I gotta think that you'd lean heavily then into primarily fighter and barbarian. And then you could use, for example, rogue. You get a pile of different skills. You could potentially do animal handling as one of your rogue skills. You know, there's a few different things like that that I think could be fun.
1: Okay, what's a, what's another one that jumped out at you?
0: So, one of the ones that really surprised me, because I think it's going to be... I think it's one of the hardest to pull off, even though it's one of my favorite characters on this list, is number 10 here, is Five, from the Umbrella Academy. Uh, Five... I've never watched much of the show, the Umbrella Academy, but I've read the first, I think, two or three volumes of the... I don't even know how many volumes there are now. There may only be three, because it took a long time for the third one to come out. But Five was my favorite character. I love Five. Uh, if you're not familiar, Five is... Essentially a child who, through some means, has gained the ability to jump forward in time, usually in small bursts. Uh, and he uses this to great effect, he can basically, he's insanely fast. He'll jump forward like a split second, so he's running around dodging bullets, slaughtering entire groups of people, He's also a highly skilled assassin. I think he's been augmented, like, in other ways as well. Oh, yeah, his DNA, that's what it is. His DNA got fused with several of history's most dangerous killers. So he's an absolute monster of, of combat. And uh, in the comics, he's an old man trapped in a kid's body because he, tra- he traveled, like, deep into the future, yep. then got captured and experimented on and turned back into a child. So he's a dude who's, like a hundred-year-old or more uh, trapped in the body of a prepubescent child.
1: So there are three volumes with a fourth on the way. Oh, uh, So okay. you have read everything. Um, I've read nothing and only watched the show as a counterpoint. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think this one works best storyline-wise. Like, that's such a good backstory. It really is. Such a good backstory. And, like, I would give, like... Just anecdotal bonuses on certain things, especially if it's like the world and the storied history of the assassins over time. Um, Like if it's, you know, I only have real world. Uh, We're not going to play around with that. But the idea I'll play with one. Because that's just too dark for me. Um, yeah, the idea Stephen that, like, Sondheim's assassins. <laughs> yeah. Like, is there. Uh, um, but the idea that, like, what if part of his, you know, makeup, it, gen- in some ways, genetic makeup, has bits of, like, Jack the Ripper in it. Um, mm. And you have elements of a story. And then certain aspects get keyed in to them because they have this, this knowledge passed from someone else um, and having really interesting things. Or... You have both like the ability to be displaced in time and having the issues that come with that as well as the knowledge of other areas. So I think like from again, from the backstory wise, also really interesting to have it be in a character that you could justify a lot of the level oneness um, Mm -hmm. because they are, you know, what? 10, 12, something like that. Yeah. And so then they're in this child's body. So then what they're able to do and then like as they're going along and, and like are they aging faster and unlocking these abilities more? Are they just able to like I've – ju- I've just found myself in this body. It's right. going to take me a while to figure out how to adapt the skills I know I have to the muscles mm-hmm. I now have or lack thereof rather.
0: That's exactly what I was thinking. Like it's it could just be that it takes time for them to figure out how to use their abilities in this new body. Uh, I think it's a wonderful idea. Would you... Do you have a row... I mean, I feel like Assassin is probably the most obvious one, mm-hmm. but are there any other thoughts on what subclass you might go with?
1: I feel like, based on the way like I kind of took away from the show, there's a little bit of me that would like want to kind of play with Arcane Trickster to mm-hmm. see, just because they... He ends up knowing all these things and having like technology and all of these other ideas at his his disposal. Part of me would want to kind of touch on the idea of Arcane Trickster to see if that fits as well as I think it might. Uh, Mm. But also knowing maybe it won't. That's another great part of this conversation. Change it. If it's not working, change it. Do not Mm -hmm. force it. It's not important enough. That's all there is to that. In my opinion, that's all there is to that conversation. Who cares? Yeah. It's your game. Yeah. If you start with Arcane Trickster and the the person at the other side, like, you know, I come to you. I say, Jeremy, this isn't working. I thought Arcane Trickster would really sell me on being more like five. And I just don't feel like I'm getting to do the things that I kind of wanted to do with this character. Would it be okay if I switch to Assassin?
2: Mm hmm.
0: Another one that might be decent would be Scout, if you're looking Mm. for difficult to pin down, sort of like lots of movement bonuses, that one could be good. Another one, uh, at least in terms of multi-classes, because if you want the time travel aspect, Mm. there's no easy fit, but I think the closest you're going to get, it would be probably uh, Cronergy Wizard. Yeah. With those Dunamancy spells. That's why I considered Arcane Trickster as well. And if you did do Arcane Trickster, you'd have Mm. to open it up to Dunamancy. I think that would be your, if you really wanted to get into it. Yeah. Yeah. uh, But also multiclassed Rogue and cronergy Wizard would also be very cool. Uh, but with chronal shift, uh, being able to like, oh, you could exert, you know, time around, you you can like exert your powers on time around you. I know there are certain dunamancy spells that enable you to move faster and jump forward in time. I'm pretty sure things like that. I think all of that would be pretty cool.
1: Oh, that'd be a lot of fun. Okay. So my other one, because I can't, I can't let us go through and not talk about the one the only, the merc with a mouth. Yes. Deadpool is on this list. Okay. So given that you are here and this is is, the really fun thing is like, so when Celeste is here, she always is looking at things from the idea, you know, she is the lead game designer at Cobalt press. So her Mm -hmm. eye is geared towards what can I make that most, you know, the majority of people will enjoy. I don't approach it that way. I, I got, I got like about five people that I got to make sure have a good time. (laughs) So I can write, you know, I write to those five people. I have, you know, I certainly have written other things before, but for the majority of my, making it's geared towards my players. Like I don't mm. have to think about anyone outside of the tables that I run at. So that said, as someone who has a lot more experience with being on and DMing for actual plays, I think that this concept works way better at, at an actual play rather than a home table, mm. given the breaking the fourth wall. Yes. Especially, I, I mean, what it, <sighs> I think it would work a little better with a visual medium than a the verbal medium, but I think you like uh, with enough editing that I've done, I think you could still really make that play. Mm-hmm. But I think that this concept, because imagine you're you, you're all there, and that one person just like looks directly to camera two and says something, <laughs> and <laughs> yes. they're the rogue on top of it. So I think, yeah, I think this is an amazing character concept. It, it's like I said, especially with the idea of an actual play.
0: Mm -hmm. I actually I actually agree. A character who knows they're in an actual play could be very, very fun. I actually in my very first like long term campaign that I ever ran in D&D had an NPC whose backstory was that he'd gotten incredibly high and accidentally like his mind had ascended to a higher plane of reality and he had seen the DM notes for the entire campaign. And so he knew everything that was going to happen, but the problem is he couldn't change any of it. So he was—he—he he had gotten Doctor Manhattan, and yeah. he was just going through the motions. And so, like, when people be like, "Will you help us?" and he's like, "I would love to help you, but uh, unfortunately, I can only help you if I help you. If I don't help you, then I won't help you. And I, you know, it remains to be seen. I don't. Here's the problem: I don't tell you now whether I help you, but rest assured, if I help you. I'll be there. And like, but he would know everything and was yeah. like frighteningly powerful and sort of unkillable. But that sort of, like, I think that could be really fun to play with. I, as you said, I do think it works better if you're going to have a PC who knows that they're in a DD and d game. I think that works better in, uh, in an actual play setting unless you simply have it be like, did you ever see the Gamers series?
1: Oh yes, one of yeah. my absolute gamers, Darkness Well, the original gamers one when they were yeah. in their in the college, and then their characters show up, break through in exactly. The room. Then you have um, humans and households where you have d and D version, and it's them playing as regular people, and exactly. you have the darkness rising, the shadow. Oh. You've tapped into a wealth of knowledge when it comes to the gamers. Yes. In um, Dead Gentleman Productions. Journey JourneyQuest, yes. yes.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, th- and then you have, I think they had like a flashback series or a flash forward series where yes. you see like all those characters just yes. living as humans, mm-hmm. trying to navigate the human world, having come from a fantasy world. I think that's exactly what it would be. That's the kind of thing you'd have to be. Like that sort of backstory, like I was in a game And then or I was living a regular life and then I was I realized partway through that I was in a game and now I'm just here. It doesn't give me any special knowledge except that my my understanding of the world is super different.
1: Yeah. The uh, what was it? (laughs) The elf goes full Spock from Star Trek four and wears something to cover the the pointiness of their ears. Mm -hmm. One of the things that I think about is ways that if I am going to adapt this to my home game. What are some ways that I could make it feel like that fourth wall is being broken? And so one of the ones I think about is the <laughs> a topic of uh, unanimous decision. No one argues about this at all. Sarcasm heavy um, is the lucky feat. Oh, yes. But the idea of giving that like that makes a lot of sense to me to be able to verbally and then mechanically back it up. The idea mm. that that fourth wall can be broken or that, like, they, the player character knew that something was going to happen. That's why instead of that one, it's going to be whatever is rolled subsequently. Right. Um, so I think there are divination ways, wizard. That's another one. Yeah, certain ways that you could definitely adapt it to make them feel like they're able to break that fourth wall or something different is happening with their character.
0: Yeah, I completely agree. I think as far as rogue subclasses, swashbuckler fits the best. Oh yeah. Uh, I think it's a. I think it's a pretty great fit. I don't even know that you would need to multi-class it, although you absolutely could. And it, I feel like with Deadpool also, you don't even have to. He to me, he feels like the main things about him are that he knows he's in a comic book. He knows he's he's a fictional character. Rather, he has guns and he heals and is functionally immortal. And that's the other thing. And I don't know how you do the immortality in a game. Perhaps it's just, if your character dies, that just means that they are so damaged that it will take them an incredibly long time to regenerate. Or perhaps it's some other thing, like, their consciousness is immortal, and so their consciousness gets, like, booted to another reality or something, which is actually kind of the way D&D works anyway. Like, usually your, your soul just goes to another plane. But there's, I think there's a few different ways to do something like that. I don't know what—I mean, obviously something like Relentless Endurance could be fun. Yeah. I think Fighter, again, with um, Second Wind, anything that lets you heal yourself— Monk I think gets an ability that lets you heal yourself possibly depending on the subclass. Yeah, there's a few different options there, but I think that I think that in terms of the the knowing that you're in something that you're in a fictional uh world, the anything that would allow you to affect probability would be great. So yeah. luck divination wizard um you could also do Again, you could probably do Chronergy Wizard, like you're able to, because you've seen Beyond the Veil, you can affect the time and space. Maybe, um, uh, what's it called? Clockwork Soul. I think that also is like very much about control spells. Clockwork Soul Sorcerer if I remember correctly. Yeah, alarm, protect from evil, good, aid, lesser restoration, dispel magic. You get stuff, restore balance, for example. When a creature you can see within 60 feet is about to roll a d20 with advantage or disadvantage, you can use your reaction to prevent the roll from being... So that's another one where it's like you knew what was going to happen, so you arranged things. And that also could, if you lean more into that aspect of it, uh you could maybe do a mastermind rogue and have mm, it be like, yeah. you're a puppet master who knows, like you've either lived this already or you read the story and you're trying to Manipulate things. I heard about, there was an anime where a a young woman somehow got transported into, like, her favorite romance anime or something. Oh, okay. And she knows that the story, the character she plays is supposed to die in the story. And she's like, oh, no. And so she's trying to change (laughs) the direction of the story and make it so that the original protagonist dies, the original heroine, and, and she gets to get the guy instead. Like that, that's, I think the story that I had never actually seen it, but I'd heard yeah. about it. it. Sounds pretty cool. But is that kind of a story could be fun.
1: Well, the other thing I think is, and this is <laughs> caution, <laughs> whatever alarm bells need to go off in your brain. I, I say this next part and caution it heavily. There's nothing stopping. First off, there's nothing stopping you from anything. It's your game. Do whatever you want. But there's nothing stopping you from adding certain aspects of certain classes to these characters to make mm. them feel like they more, are more like comic book characters, but in doing so, if there are other players that are not, you're then not doing those same sorts of things for, you got to kind of bring everybody yep. along with you. Cause my thought is like adding second wind, mm-hmm. just, just carte blanche, like not, not having a dip in fighter, but adding second wind to like kind of mimic that regenerative ability, but just doing that from jump, yeah. And letting that be okay.
0: And divination portent roles. You could make a custom class.
1: Yeah. And then from there, they they'll thinking about like, okay, so if I've done that for this character, what are the things that I'm going to think about adding for all of the other characters as well? Right. Um, so unless yeah. you're taking something off, but that never feels as good. Uh, yeah. <laughs> just add yeah. add a little extra. Okay. Well, we have done it. So then I think the question I've had in my mind and I wonder, I feel like you probably have two. Are there any comic book characters that stand out to you that were not on this list? Uh, one that jumped out, Rorschach uh,
0: from Watchmen, I think is a straight up rogue. Uh, inquisitive, I think you could say he's an inquisitive rogue. I wouldn't say, you, you could give him a level or two of monk, because he is a skilled hand-to-hand combatant. Uh, or maybe a fighter with the unarmed fighting style probably fits better. Uh, I think fighter with the unarmed fighting style. But Inquisitive Rogue, you know, he's walking around. He's got the mask. I would also love to see him as like a changeling where Mm -hmm. like, but his powers are all in in the mask. Like, and so the mask is, he doesn't really have control over it, but the mask is constantly shifting, so you never quite know his identity, and he just has sort of, like, this permanently unstable thing, and even, like, with, I know the, I can't remember if the Changeling still has this, but I know the original UA version, you could, like, create personas, and then, like, gain specific, like, proficiencies or bonuses from inhabiting those personas, that would fit with the whole like, "Give me back my face," and there's like, there's it's like there's a, there's the Ro- there's Rorschach and then there's Walter Kovacs. I think all of that would be pretty cool.
1: Nice. Let me. I'm trying to find a book I wrote. I swear that this is literally something I made. Um, before, but so while I, uh, so I'll vamp and talk at the same time. So to keep with the Rorschach and trench coat based theme, the number one person that I thought of that I was kind of surprised wasn't on this list was, um, John Constantine. Ooh, we're talking yes. about arcane trickster to a T. Yeah. It's John Constantine. Yeah. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Because my thought is like, I, what, do I even need to, you know, kind of the same conversation as earlier? Like, do I even need to multi-class? I don't think I do.
0: No. I think
1: I could just make it all happen right then and there.
0: Yeah, that's a wonderful one. That's fantastic. Uh, for me, the obvious one, it's not a comic. I mean, he's not a comic book character at, per se. Probably appeared in some. But Sherlock Holmes, the classic Inquisitive oh, Rogue. Yeah. I think uh, a character, the Kingpin. Now, people would not normally think of the Kingpin. Okay as being and maybe kingpin's the wrong guy but i feel like there are a lot of mob boss like crime boss comic book characters who could fit under the mastermind banner where their powers are about manipulating and influencing other people rather than any any like their own abilities and one other character who's not a comic book character, but who jumped out at me as a potential rogue, uh, is the protagonist of the game Disco Elysium. I won't say his name because it's a spoiler if you haven't played that okay. game, but he would absolutely, in my opinion, be an inquisitive rogue who'd be a reborn class, or race, rather. His uh, race would be reborn, and then you could maybe multi-class him with any number of things depending on how you spec the character. One of the most interesting ones might be like an aberrant mind sorcerer. So if you lead into like the Inland Empire type skills, which is like his his connection to the weirdness and and s- vaguely paranormal things that happen around him, having warped his perception of reality. Nice.
1: So the Ultimate Guide to Hair is a supplement that I had kick-started with Celeste. Um, mm-hmm. And it's literally just, you know, the harkening back to the old ultimate guides like the ultimate fighter things like that Um, so it it varies between like very funny and very creepy Uh, but what the rogue one was the assimilator so basically they you focused on the ability to just blend into any and every room Mm. Um, so then that's kind of where the you know the idea of that ever changing face and like not remembering who they were or who they could be or anything like that so that was the one that was the one that came to my mind
0: yeah that's very cool
1: Perfect. So we've done it. But if you like that, you can always head over to your podcatcher of choice. Leave us a rating and review. Word on the proverbial street is that that is super helpful. Um, And of course, if you wanted to email us and tell us about the comic book character that you've adapted to your game, you can always do so by emailing us at dmnastics at gmail.com. And of course, if you head over to Twitter, aka X for now and sometimes (laughs) later, um, we're at DMS underscore block. I'm at Jotemaniac and
0: I am at Jeremy Cobb One. This Cobb with Two B's is the number one.
1: Perfect. And for everything else on this network, you can always head over to the Block Party Podcast Network.
0: A huge thank you to the bards over on Bombarded for our intro outro music. You can find out more about Bombarded at HTTP colon. I've never got to say all that. You can find out more about Bombarded at bombardedcast.com.
1: Rather than let these mental gains go to waste, let's head to taking your supplements.
2: Taking
1: your So today on taking your supplements, I am not alone, but I also have we also have a very interesting thing to talk about, but I'll let my lifting partner introduce themselves.
2: Hi, my name is Rue Thompson, uh, and I am with Adventure Week Games.
1: Yes. AAW Games. Yep. Go go there. Find them. Um it's definitely one of those products where it has helped me, and I know that's probably. I'm probably the target audience as soon as I say this, but I often look for small (laughs) things to add to my games. I am not really the person that just wholesale picks up like whole campaign settings or whole um, like adventure paths would be a Pathfinder reference, which is key. I'm already segwaying this. Look at me go. There Um, we go. Nice. Yeah, but the idea that like oh, it's this path from one to twenty. I just feel like there's so much input and back and forth from the players that like I'd prefer peppering in produced material into the homebrew world and setting that I've created, which is what I do in my home game. Like I've pulled stuff from AAW. I've pulled stuff from Steamforge Games. It's just like to say, okay, this speaks to exactly what I'm looking for. And then I'll just, you know, turn the dials on making it fit my exact campaign. Which then I realize when I go and try and run those things again, and then I look at it, I'm like, well, this!" Is, I feel like Gandalf. I'm like, "I don't remember any of this, <laughs> any of this, right?" Right. Um, but speaking of adventure paths and Pathfinder, I think there's something that's uh, cur- currently on the old Kickstarter.
2: Absolutely, yeah. You know, if uh, if if you're familiar with Kickstarter out there, which I'm sure all of us are, I don't know a gaming a gaming enthusiast that isn't. But out there we have the Mini Dungeon Tome Two for Pathfinder 2nd Edition. Now, we just funded and are in the process of fulfilling uh, Mini Dungeon Tome 2 for 5e. And that was earlier this year that we kickstarted that. And so now we're converting all of that to Pathfinder 2e, much to to, to a lot of community uh, demand, honestly. And if, if you're not familiar with our Mini Dungeon Tomes, it's a collection of our Mini Dungeons that we release on a weekly basis on Adventure Week Games. And uh, we collect them all, and it ranges from level like adventures for level 1 all the way to level 20. Um, so we're we're there we're providing stuff for for every level of gamer and they're meant to be dropped in kind of setting agnostic they're they're ready to go into whatever setting you're putting your your campaign in and let's say you have a night where maybe somebody can't isn't it, is it going to be there and you but people still want to run but you don't want to necessarily push your your homebrew plot line forward Grab a mini dungeon, play for a couple hours with with your characters. And like you said, if if you want to kind of break up that long form campaign that you've been working on your homebrew and pepper in some kind of canned content, uh, mini dungeons are a great option for that.
1: I've also realized that the mini dungeons and the one-shots are another great way to help people learn the rules because the stakes aren't the same in the sense that like Mm -hmm. narratively, the the stakes aren't the same because this isn't my long running character. Uh, Mathematically, the stakes aren't the same because if I live or die, uh, I mean, the character lives. If the character, I don't know, but you know, if the characters live or die in the one shot, it's also not that big of a deal. And so, um, for sure, I ran one recently for that reason because it's a couple newer people. So then it's just like okay. And then at that point, I also I really come to the other side of the screen to say, well, if it you know, if it were me, because I also don't want to push too heavy, but I would say if it were me, tactically, these are some options that you could look at, and these are the reasons why. Because it's like, well, you know, sure. like again, even if my monsters live or die on the other side of this, like it's it can be used more as a learning tool rather than trying to learn these kinds of things uh with your character. Only to find that, oh, sure. well, these aren't the options I should have taken. I could have done so many more intelligent things with this character that is now dead or hurt or lost something that you didn't. Absolutely. You didn't even know you were wagering <laughs> with the idea. <laughs>
2: yeah. Yeah. No, it's it's one of those things when I when I first got into gaming, which I, I consider myself. Kind of fairly new. I, I say that, and I, I've been saying it now since 2015, but I still consider that fairly new when most of the people I game with have been gaming for decades. So so I'm kind of the new kid at the table, but we had started, I, I got brought right in. My first session was, uh, I believe, a Daughters of Fury session that it had already started. It was a campaign, which I think is a Pathfinder AP. Yeah, I just kind of got dropped in with, with everybody that had already been playing for quite a while. And it was intimidating and I had no idea what I was doing. And so so it would have been great if we could have had something like this to just to just introduce me to even what role playing was.
1: Yeah, I'll always I mean, long time listeners will know this is my origin story, but it it applies here. So new listener, uh, here you go. (laughs) But the person that first got me into it, yeah, like 25 years ago, uh, they ran me, they had created pre-gens for... The sinister secrets of Salt Marsh, and helped me run a whole group wow. of PCs. And then after that was done, the module was done. Saying, "Okay, well, what of those did you like the most, and why?" And then then it's mm-hmm. like, "Okay, so then these are probably the characters you would like to play." Then ran me in a solo campaign with just one character, and then I joined um, the home table after that kind of thing. Because wow. um, I was pretty young, so I think it was I think it was maybe ten. Yeah, ten or ten to twelve, somewhere in that range, and yeah, it, just, it it feels, sure. it makes so much sense now, like with like the modern sensibilities, <laughs> but at the same time, it's like, I feel like that's kind of a weird approach back then, like the idea of like yeah, I, two almost like two prep sessions of like why would you even want to play D D? Okay, now that you do, here are these characters. Why do you like these characters? And then. I, I think that's phenomenal
2: though. <laughs> I wish I'd knew more DMZ yeah. to, that, to be honest. That's that's great. That's great.
1: Each person then like truly guide them into the hobby. So um yeah, I tra- I attribute yeah. all things uh back to that person and now they're um they're at my home game still and they're now at the game that I run for my kids. So the circle is the, cir- okay, the circle nice. is very complete. I think I'm. I, I think complete. I'm supposed to fade into the sunset. Is what I tell people. I think I think <laughs> yeah, I, at yeah, some I think point I, yeah. I've reached <laughs> no. it. Um, but yeah, what is the? I already have the digital file for the five e edition, so I'm very convinced of what <laughs> what is here. What I will say is, then someone, I mean, just for full transparency, is someone with the idea mm-hmm. of like potentially writing some of these, what I noticed the most about True. them is that the individual writer is truly allowed to be the whoever they are. And so I think there's a lot mm-hmm. to be said about going through these and finding which ones speak to you the most and then potentially like kind of backtracking and see if there are other ones by that specific um, writer of the one that speaks – yeah, the author that speaks to you the most. Um, and then, of course, like you said, it's broken down into individual tiers of play. Um, and it, the other nice thing is it's really easy to kind of tell – which you might get into because everyone ha- every single one has a map. So the second you look at the map, sure, you're like, well, that sure. fits. Well, that doesn't fit. Um, so that's also what I've noticed. It's also right. really helpful. Is like there's just some like really quick hit pieces there to tell you like this would or wouldn't work for what, what you're looking at.
2: Yeah, the, the one thing that, um, and I believe this is unique to to the mini dungeon tome, the second one that we've done because we did release one um, a few years ago. That had, I believe, 117 adventures in it. This one, I think, we're looking at about 140, right around 140, 141. And um, and again, these are these are things that we have published weekly and that people do collect uh, through the years and things. But um, we we try to put them in this this ultimate tome for everybody to, to access. There's a map pack that you can get that includes all the maps for, and that includes a GM map, a player map, and a and one uh, designed for virtual tabletops. But yeah, the 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 book is broken down. There's lists in the back where you can se- p- uh, select your terrain. So, are you running an urban adventure? Are you running a forest? Uh, are your you, is your party currently underground? And you know, you need an underworld campaign uh, or a, a one shot. All of that is available in the book, so you can go through and 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 see it broken down. Not just by our character level, you can do it by number of players, you can do it by terrain, all, all kinds of things. We've tried to make it very accessible to to gamers of all levels and make it easy for you to find what you're looking for kind of on short notice i mean these are great where it's like we're all adults and we all we all try to schedule adults at a gaming table and it can be an adventure that's the <laughs> true itself, quest it can be a, yeah that's the true quest is finding time when we can all get together and actually play but let's say you've got friends and uh, <laughs> let's say you got friends Good start great <laughs> let's start. say you got <laughs> great start and, and you guys just want to get together you your short notice. Hey, it's Friday night. Let's play. Let's play d d for a few hours. Well, grab the book and be kind of like, well, what do we want to do? Do we want a high level thing? Do we want a mid-level thing? I've already, we've all got characters stowed away somewhere. I, I know we all have stacks of character sheets we can pull on when we need to. And, and, you know, say, well, I want to run something in an urban setting. Okay, well, here it is. I found it. Let's, let's try this one. And there are two pages. Uh, generally, we've in the past, we've had some a little bit longer and, you know, a uh, spoiler alert, we may kind of branch out a little bit more as time goes on. But right now there are two pages, usually four to six rooms per map. Each mini dungeon has a custom map and custom artwork. So, I mean, you're getting, you're getting these elements that are kind of hard to find in a collected tome like this that don't require you to have historical, you know, a previous adventure. Um, that you're kind of feeding into this is a standalone tome you don't have to have have played any of the mini dungeons in in the book in the first book I mean you don't have to play mini dungeon 118 to play mini dungeon 119. you know so we can we can have these kind of spontaneous adventures and we tried to Bake everything into the into the text for you.
1: Yeah, that's the heaviest lifting you would have as a game master or dungeon master with these. Adding them to your long running campaign is is how you know what are Mm -hmm. the connective tissues that you have from the session before this to the session after this. Like that's by by far and away that's going to be your heaviest lift is to make sure that that those kind of things ties in. Yeah, ties in. But other than that, also I just think it's kind of funny. I will just throw general shade i'm not gonna throw a specific shade um but general <laughs> shade would just be like that's crazy you mean to tell me there are multiple indexes that a person could read i am used to zero <laughs> indexes and just uh, that's right. that's the true adventure of the book i wonder what's on the next page because i have nothing to indicate what it might be <laughs> that's right
2: that's right no barely a table of contents Nope. Very familiar with that. As a layout person, it's been in gaming layout for, for you know, five or six years now. I'm like, mm-hmm. there are some books that I wish somebody would have asked just anybody to, to look at one time. I came,
1: <laughs> I came across one recently. I may have complained enough about it that it, it's probably a known quantity. And I I'll, I'll say this one just because it's so far afield from what we're talking about but the Marvel sure. RPG one there's not a PDF file available. There is only you can do it through Kindle at which point there are no bookmarks, there's no table of contents, there's no index. It is merely like scrubbing with the little dot on the bottom is the best you can do. Uh. Or full VTT support. And it's like, well okay, but then I don't that's I don't have those and I, I I'm not I'm not interested. <laughs> In purchasing it for that because them. I don't think I'm going to run it with the consistency that justifies that expense for me. You don't even Absolutely. have a PDF. And then I came to find out that the new supplemental material does have PDFs, which leads me to believe that there are issues only with it being the actual core rule book. interesting legal loopholes and i don't know i can't tell if that makes me more or less frustrated so i just try not to think about it (laughs) not to think about (laughs)
2: it yeah no i can i can assure you which you have the pdf for for mini dungeon uh for the for fifth edition um we do we do our Mm -hmm. best to provide completely interactive pdfs with bookmarks hyperlinks that usually link to um as much as possible we try to use open5e.com for any, any external resources, we include some cold bald Press monster tomes like uh, Tome of Beasts 1, 2, and 3 and the Creature Codex. So, you know, we try to incorporate those kinds of things and we try to link those as much as absolutely possible. So if you buy the PDF variant, then you can, you know, while you're looking at it, it will have a hyperlink and you just click that and it gives you everything you need. So a DM can have their iPad or their computer behind their GM screen and and easily access anything that they would need to run those
1: adventures yep i'm a i'm a current and big proponent of dm screen with an ipad behind it because i also feel like Mm -hmm. i can lift it up because i remember the days of like having a laptop and just being terrified of like trying to lift it up so that they can see (laughs) but then like also like cover stuff like because you don't want them to see everything um the ipad and being able to zoom with you know the pinch motion. Yep. has uh, made yeah. that, uh, a tad easier uh, than in in previous years. See,
2: I wonder I wonder if there's a, is there a market for creating a GM screen that has an iPad stand integrated that you could then just flip up and, <laughs> and then flip back down. I like it. Well, is, as
1: long as you leave the gyro, the gyroscope feature on when you flip yeah, it so up it's and it automatically flips. ooh I like it.
2: See? Thing, always thinking.
1: <laughs> That's- okay. Now that we're thinking, dear listener, I apologize, but I don't. Uh, so you have it where it's on a spin. And so then you could tr- rotate it so that it would rotate out and face them and then Ooh. rotate it back.
2: Yeah. I, I bet there's a way, you know, you do a little. I bet there's a way. Oh, yeah. I'm going to think about it now. I'm not very crafty, but I know people who are. Yeah. <laughs>
1: so- Agreed. Agreed. <laughs> so- I, just like I can't do art very well, but I know people who can
2: absolutely
1: perfect where would a where would a person go where is the best place for them to go to either look into this this kickstarter future kickstarters or just in general
2: absolutely so so aaw games of course we have aawgames.com um and that's where you can go to per, to look at and purchase any of our previous products um of course uh, one of our big ones is Rise of the Drow um which uh, we did a collector's edition for 5e just a couple just a couple years ago now i believe and it's it's kind of our top our top seller and our in my opinion that's what everybody seems to know us for um but yeah you can check out our mini dungeons check out our mini dungeon tomes check out our mini dungeon uh soundtracks we have we offer a soundtrack with ambient ambient tracks aaw yeah, games is our kind of core place to send you to we also have a very active discord um which you can get to from from our website for the Kickstarter, of course, Kickstarter.com slash project slash adventure a week. And I think it's mini dungeon tome two for Pathfinder Two. It's probably easier just to type in Mini Dungeon Tome 2. And it'll it'll be the first result that pops up there. And it is fully funded and we're, but we still have 20 days to go. You know, you can't, you really can't beat the value of what you're getting for it. So I highly recommend anybody who's interested um and has ever played any of our previous products on 5e or anything like that if you're looking at getting into Pathfinder 2E this everything is the monsters are getting kind of adjusted to to fit the the uh, the Pathfinder 2E model and we have uh, William Fisher as our is our Pathfinder uh, conversion expert and he's been with us for for a number of years and has worked on many other projects in the past so i, I highly recommend you checking it out um, and uh, I, I'm very proud of the work that we do on the mini dungeon lines. We put a lot of hard work into it. We've got great authors, always, always inviting new authors to join us. And uh, we're excited to play games and help to help everybody else play games.
1: Perfect. So with that, we'll turn out the lights and head out of the gym. Before we go,
0: I want to implore you, the listener, to join the forums, the Discord, the Twitter, and anywhere else you can find us and take part in these challenges, exercises, and other
1: amazing conversations being had. And to do that, head over to DungeonMasterBlog.FreeForums.net and try some DMnastics so your players don't ask, do you even lift?